What's up, guys? It's your girl Jordan here, and we're back for another episode of the Next Era podcast. So today's episode is a little bit special, episode three. It's my first episode with actual special guests, and we're actually recording live. Um, the video will be on YouTube, so if you want to go check that out, there's another way that you can watch or listen to this episode. But I am here with two of my really good friends, Tyler Smith and Amaya St. Romain. Say hi to the people. Hey, y'all. <laughs> okay, so today we're just going to be talking about a little bit about the current events going on with the campaign. We're here at Texas Southern University in Houston, Texas. We just left a Biden rally that we had earlier today on campus. Attending that, saw the former vice president speak and took some pictures. It was a really great time. Um, so first, we can just start off with each one of you telling us a little bit about yourself. So I'll let Amaya go first. Okay, Amaya. <laughs> well, I'm a sophomore here at TSU, and I'm a public affairs major, and I hope to be a policy analyst in the future. Okay, nice. Uh, well, for me, uh, my name is Tyler. I'm 20 years old, junior here at Texas Southern. I currently serve as the chapter president for the college games here as well as the National HBCU Outreach Director. Um, I don't want to give my whole resume. But I do. <laughs> yeah, I just gave a little Instagram a, bio. You yeah. put your whole resume. <laughs> I feel bad now. CV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I'll just there. I do a little bit of consulting as well. But a little bit of everything. There. Yeah, a little okay. bit of everything. Well, everything. we're going to dive into a little bit of everything um, a little bit later. But let's start off with how we met. So I guess we'll start off with Tyler, because I met you first. Um, so yeah, we originally met, I was randomly at a Harris County Young Dems meeting. What, what brought you to Harris County Young Dems? I yeah, was just like, the country. exactly, I don't even <laughs> live in Harris County. Um, I, that summer, for some reason, I was just like Googling like young Democrats, like college Democrats. That's how I got involved with college Democrats. And then so I saw that Harris County had a young Democrat chapter, and so I just went to a meeting, followed them on Twitter, and um, I contacted the president. I don't remember his name right now. James. Yeah, okay. So I contacted him, and he was like, oh, you should definitely come. It's our endorsement meeting or whatever. So I went. I was by myself in the middle of the summer, and I met Tyler, and we talked. Uh, we were both going to the um, summer convention in New Orleans, and so we decided we were going to go together, and the rest is history. <laughs> How was New Orleans? Oh, man, New Orleans was a lot of fun. It was so funny, too. <laughs> we rolled up there, but we were staying in two different places. Yeah. And just so happened to be, by the end of the first night, we all, she had to come crash with us. Cause yeah, because no stuff comment. went down yeah. at the Airbnb. <laughs> stuff always <laughs> happens when you travel. The car, yes. the hotel, yeah. something. Yes, but it was a lot of fun. We, like, learned, uh, we heard from a lot of really great speakers when we were there. And it was just a good time, like, mixed. It was fun, and it was also, like, educational. Like, it was yeah, great. It was a lot of fun. It yeah. was great. Grown-up field trip. <laughs> <laughs> and then for Amaya, we actually met at the... Um, Democratic debate. Yes, the debate here at TSU in September. And we kind of, I don't even know, like... We kind I think of, we, we were with the group, but then yeah. we kind of left together because we were kind of sneaking to get some better seats. Yeah, and that kind of always <laughs> happened. Like, we we knew each other, like, through Tyler, we met through Tyler, mm -hmm. and then Someone if you did. ever go anywhere with Tyler, you know that he's like, okay, stand next to me, and then he leaves. And you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, and, he he just, <laughs> and then he leaves, and so me and Maya were just like, uh, well, I don't know where to go now. Tyler was right. kind of like our wingman to get to the different places, so we kind of just wandered over that. Well, and, well to my defense, y'all left me. How? That's not how the story went. Because y'all got the tickets before me to get downstairs. I don't think it no, because we took pictures of you. Remember? Yeah, we all took pictures um at the stage, and then by the time we sat down, we like y'all had seats and y'all oh, didn't yeah, save when we us went to seats. The seats that you got us, they were full, mm -hmm, so we didn't... went to sit somewhere else that wasn't in our section, and then people told us to move this is in your section, so we kind of waited. And then we ended the up getting separated. Yeah, because there was. Until it one was of one of those opportunities. Yeah, we, I was getting ready to say, because you weren't even sitting with us. Right, it was together. one of those opportunities where you can't have a plus one. I was like, you know what? They're doing the countdown. 
I'm gonna go run and I take this to one fight. seat. I just crazy. I sat in a random seat and like there's these people. I guess like, the guy was in coming. the bathroom. They're like yeah. someone's coming. Oh god, and I was trying to okay. And there was only one seat <laughs> no, and one I had time, to leave. It was so funny. Like during debates, uh, I got up for like one of the breaks and I came mm-hmm. back and someone was sitting in my seat. I was like, yeah. I mean, I was sitting here literally five minutes ago. Yeah. During the first break. Like Roland Martin came and sat right behind me, so I was like oh, sitting with we were, Roland we Martin the whole girl. time. Like, <laughs> yeah, I took a picture with him, and then after the break, we kind of like scooted forward after that. Um, but also, fun fact about all three of us: we actually have the same birthday. Yeah, yes. I probably the never triplets. met three people. That with was the same crazy, exact crazy. Not yeah. same. I'm a year older than them. I like to throw that out. I'm 21, <laughs> <laughs> 21 club. But that was Scorpio so cool. Game. Scorpio game. We yeah. also have the same birthday as. The Angela Rye and the Hillary Clinton. Fun fact. So exactly. That's why I think everybody <laughs> born on the twenty sixth of October are goats. We are all made to be great. Yes, mm-hmm. amazing. Okay, so that's a little bit how we met. Um, we learned a little bit about. Tell them about like your background, like where you're from, where you grew up, all that stuff. Tyler. Okay, so <laughs> I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. To be more specific, I grew up in Inglewood, California. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, I don't even know how I really made it to Houston. I just made it to Houston. And it's funny, I tell everybody, I got to Houston. Houston gave me the greatest welcome ever by throwing Harvey in my first week in Houston. <laughs> so, it was it was really cool that my first Did you bring Houston, the storm? I did not bring the storm. I like to think I didn't bring it. But, <laughs> yeah, Los Angeles is home. It's where my heart is. I, I definitely have goals of one day moving back to Los Angeles. So, yeah. Okay, what about you, Amaya? Well, I was born here in Houston, Texas. Okay. Later moved to the suburbs of Chicago. Stayed there most of my life. And decided to come back to Houston for college. Okay. And then what drew y'all to TSU specifically? Um, I like to say what drew me to TSU was the history. I mean, when I first graduated college is when I really got involved. I mean, when I said college. <laughs> I was going to let you talk. <laughs> uh, when I first got involved in, in uh, politics, I was just graduating Houston. I mean, look, I can't. <laughs> high school. I was just graduating high school. Yeah, I was just graduating high school, and I, I really got involved in the politics. And I was looking for an HBCU, of course, that I can afford. So, mm-hmm. of course, my first choice was definitely Howard. Howard was like, yeah, I'm going to Howard. I'm going to be in D.C., intern on the hill i'm gonna do all of this all of that and then i got the how much tuition cost <laughs> and i was like yeah that's not Nick. that's not the choice especially us being out of state yeah mm-hmm. out of state at howard was like you pay out of state, state tuition yes, yes. out of state tuition at howard was fifty six thousand dollars a year oh my god yeah so i was like no not happening so then i um i was looking for hbcus tuskegee was on my list Middle of nowhere. I'm not a country boy. I, like I said, I'm from Los Angeles. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, no. And then my friend. No Morehouse? No, Morehouse didn't really excite me. I'm not gonna, I wasn't into all boys school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no shame to anybody at Morehouse. I love all my Morehouse friends, but it, it just didn't excite me. Mm-hmm. Um, then I found TSU somehow. My friend went here, which is now my line brother. He uh, went to TSU already. He was telling me all the great things. I did my research. And little did you know, a lady by the name of Barbara Jordan uh, <laughs> went to TSU, Mickey Leland, a lot of people in politics, Sheila Jackson mm-hmm. Lee, Al Green went here, Mayor Sylvester Turner went here, well not went here, he taught here, authors went here, I can't think of her name right now, so I'm not going to throw it out there, <laughs> uh, I'm going to come back to you when I figure it okay. out, but so much history was made here at TSU, so once I saw all of the history made, I was like, well, let's go join history. The rest is history. I like and that. Let's history. go join history. Make history. <laughs> what about you? I want to be around black people. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Period. <laughs> yes, and I love Houston. I wanted to be out here. I did not want to be at PV. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be here in Houston, the heart and soul of Houston. That's what they say about TSU. And I wanted to be around my family mm-hmm. and be warm. It's cold yes. in Chicago. <laughs> Very cold. And Girl. there's no HBCU in Chicago. If LA, there was. Well, so LA, we have one, but it's a medical school. So that doesn't even really count. And I found yeah, out who I was like talking about. In the South, mostly. Mm-hmm. I was talking about Toni Morrison. She used to teach at TSU. Oh, people yeah. Don't, a lot of people of don't know that Toni Morrison used to teach at TSU. I didn't know that either. I believe there used to be an HBCU in the Midwest, but it closed. A lot of them closed. A lot of HBCUs mm-hmm. closed. There might have even been one in Illinois, but I 
not 100 percent sure that's a whole another like topic of discussion because i that's know one of the big my stepmom went to tsu in tennessee tennessee state and oh, it's a hbcu but it's like predominantly white now like it's yeah, still an hbcu yeah. but it's more white people than black people so that's a whole nother conversation we could talk about um but now let's get into a little bit of politics so tyler is or is slash was a very huge Kamala Harris fan. Yeah, still is, still is. Still is. Um, so tell us a little bit about <laughs> what drew you specifically to her. So, I mean, I'm always, my friend teases me on this all the time. I can't go about an hour without speaking about Los Angeles. But growing up in Los Angeles, um, the first actual United States senator candidate that I got to vote for was Kamala. So, I mean, I loved her to death. I've met her entire family, Doug, her niece, Nina. I met all of them and just talking to them and the passion that Kamala had for the United States and, and her dream and her vision really drove me in. And anything I could have done to literally help her get to the presidency was like my main objective when she was still in, in the race. You know, I was a huge, huge fan. Is that a fan. tear? Almost, almost, almost. <laughs> uh, but I, I know that she dropped out for the, for the, the good of the country. Mm-hmm. She knew that uh, her candidacy wasn't on the right path to win and if she wasn't going to be able to do it go the long way and do it 100 percent, she wasn't going to do it at all mm-hmm. and uh, i commend her on that I, I don't think that she's done i mean i tell a lot of people this i'm still pushing the biden harris ticket we're gonna get uh, to that <laughs> yeah so yeah but I'm, I'm i'm proud of kamala harris i've actually even planned on going to work in her office this summer so okay and i know for me and amaya we kind of just had this conversation about how we were like low-key like closeted Harris fans and like I was low-key right. rooting for her and like, like looking who doesn't forward. want to look up to a black woman exactly as president. exactly I just didn't want to like let's just go give into her, give yeah, it to her like, just why, she's a black woman. yeah why do you think that you weren't like full force supporting her do you, is it because you didn't want to seem biased just because she was a black woman or why yes, do you think that is that would also be a part of the reason and there was so much there was so much debate about was she for black people, was mm-hmm. she not for black people, and a lot of the information I saw wasn't accurate. Sometimes it was accurate. It was very confusing mm-hmm. where she stood, and I wasn't. I just was never super sure that she Propaganda. was my pick. Propaganda. Propaganda. <laughs> I mean, I, I. So at first, I'm but not you know lie. what I mean. Like it's yeah. No one was. It wasn't like a big group for her, and it wasn't a big group against her. A lot of people were like in the middle. Like I think I that's don't know. what really killed her. And she you didn't know? address it a whole bunch. And that's what I told. I told people in her campaign continuously that, I mean, I've never in any question of doubt thought that she wasn't for black people, although media pulled and pictured her to be that way and I think which was her biggest hindrance in this campaign mm-hmm. I mean I mean if you've ever met Kamala she's probably like one of the coolest politicians I've ever met like most politicians are high and by uh, hustle and bustle they're gonna shake your hand and they're not gonna remember your face or who you were that's the complete opposite of Kamala like when I met her she was just like one of the dopest persons that I could have possibly met and I wish she would have shown more of that side of her mm-hmm. and let media picture that side of her more than what they pictured her because some of the stuff they pictured her and a lot of the stuff that was pushed out, like she, oh, when she was the district attorney of California. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I have to give well. you credit about that because I was like, it's true. I'm like, I'm not even looking at reliable sources when they're talking mm-hmm. about that. You sent something about it and it changed my mind a little bit. On like, her. I mean, yeah. it, it could, I consider myself to be progressive. I mean, I, I consider myself to be more moderate than progressive. Okay. I'm progressive when it comes to certain policies, such as criminal justice. I think those are policies that we need to be progressive on. I agree. And, uh-huh. and, and me, that was my biggest hindrance on Kamala Harris before I came out and supported her full-fledged, full was her not speaking on her criminal justice reform history. She done, and that wasn't even proper English, but she's done so much in the criminal justice-like system uh, with the car she was dealt, she flipped the whole system. I mean, she was the first district attorney to make sure that every single police officer in her district had to wear body cameras. As attorney general, that's what she pushed, making sure all of her police officers wore body cameras. When she was district attorney, she pushed to, for rehabilitation programs because, I mean, 
I agree. If you do the time, if you do the crime, you have to do your time. But I do agree. Once you've done your time and you've you've you served your sentence, that you need to have programs that help you get back into society. And that was one of her main pushes. So that was one of the reasons I was super big on Kamala. And a lot of people tried to say she locked people up for small marijuana charges. People were smoking weed and she locked them up. No, a district attorney doesn't lock up someone for smoking weed. That's not the district attorney's job. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were selling pounds on pounds on pounds on pounds and she locked you up, I can see that. But locking someone up for smoking one joint, that that's not true. Now, if you came to me and told me, oh, I was selling 50 pounds a week and she put me in jail, I can believe that. That's yeah. the district attorney's job. But locking you up for smoking one blunt, that's not her job and that's not what she yeah. focused on. So a lot of the stuff I, I knew automatically was propaganda. It wasn't real. It was just people being people. Mm-hmm. putting out fake news because in a day of fake social news. media <laughs> I've heard that yeah, before the, the day and time we're in it with social media people it, it's Twitter Twitter yeah. is the biggest hindrance in politics in my eyes I definitely think that the media kind of positioned her to be like the angry black woman yeah. yes. and that's something that I did not like at all and I feel like sometimes she kind of walked into it like at the debate when she was um, like arguing with Biden about how in back in the seventies that his busing his mm-hmm. policy on busing or whatever and so I I that's I personally didn't like that being a black woman myself and like just seeing how the media will like take her words and like spin it and mm-hmm. and make her like out to be this certain type of person I definitely think that that played a role in her not still being in the race yeah and and, and another thing. I say this about every single politician. I mean, it's if you follow me on Facebook or any social media, you know now I'm supporting Joe Biden, but Joe Biden's history is not pretty. No mm-hmm. politician's history is pretty. Yeah, no one everyone, has a perfect past. Everyone is gonna make able a mistake. to evolve. Yeah, and, and that's one thing I don't think people will let her in on. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. Being a black woman, you gotta be 100 and more. Yeah, you have to, to be, be twice, uh, yeah, twice as best to get half as much, is exactly. what my parents always taught me. And, and with the day and age we are in, in politics, especially with the extreme far left, I think that they try to hold candidates to an even higher level mm-hmm. than they ex- they really should be held at. They try to like hell, hold candidates to a standpoint of being a god when that's not them. A candidate is an everyday human that makes everyday human mistakes. Yeah. Uh, and just because I made a mistake and I ran with this policy in 2000 doesn't mean I'm running with that and same policy you can policy always in change your mind. As, exactly. Like, we all learn constantly. You can always change your views on something. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like it's really harsh that we judge people so much on, like, past jobs they've had. Like, her being a district attorney. Like, you don't always get to do what you want or push certain things that you want just because you have that position. Like, you don't always get to do everything that you want. what people don't understand is they think, like, for example, especially with the presidency, and I know we're probably going to talk about this more later, Mm -hmm. but they think that a candidate can become president and what he says goes. And if he says that he's going to, if a president, if a candidate is telling people that I'm going to make sure we give Medicare to every single person on this planet on day one, that's not getting done day one. No president, I don't know any president that has enacted a bill and it went straight into law on day one. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. You have to go through Congress. I mean, um, what's his name? FDR. First 100 days, the New Deal. History I mean, class but, right there. Yeah. Exactly. First 100 days. <laughs> yeah. Like, no president is going to go in day one and just shape up America. Right. And, right. And but the wall people, is still not built. Yeah. No. And, and a lot of and the, it will not be built. I was thinking this the other day, you know, the problem with Democrats and Republicans in my eyes is that it's either my way or no way. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to start coming to a middle and coming together to mm-hmm. agree. Like, That's the only way you guys yeah. don't. That's why I think Joe Biden is like, this and is not like supposed to be like, oh, go on, vote for Joe Biden. But like my personal opinion, I feel like he's the person to do yeah, that on the Democratic paid side. And sponsored by Joe Biden. Yeah, <laughs> paid <laughs> but no, I mean, so like I said, I, I've just became a Joe Biden fan. Uh, I was, like you said, full-fledged Kamala Harris supporter. 
Uh, one reason I like Joe, though, is because he knows how to work across the aisle. Like, people get upset with him because he has Republican friends. That's perfect. You need yes. Republican friends. You need Democratic friends. You because if you can't, you yeah. can't come to the middle, you, you won't get anything You can't done. just ignore, like, half of the country. Yeah, that's what It doesn't saying, work. Like, you can't only be the president of Democrats. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, and that goes for Democrats as well. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, although we have our beliefs... We also have to take into account of what the other side is saying, mm-hmm. and as long as the other side is not Trump, yeah, as long as the other side is not talking about something that's him. just like super, like as long this as they're not talking weird. about something that's super unjust. Like for yeah. example, one thing I would never be able to agree on with Republicans is abortion. Not being able to I get agree. an abortion is something I, I just won't never agree with Republicans on. I believe it's your right to choose. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Um, and that's why I like Joe Biden. One thing he said earlier today at the rally was, uh, what makes me such a good candidate, which made me such a good candidate when I ran for office all so much long ago, because it was, what, about four years ago? Yeah, in the 70s. Yeah, so he said, which what's made me so good of a candidate, which made me the candidate I am today, is I knew what policies were worth losing on. I knew what policies were non-compromisable I knew what I was going to stand on but I also knew the policy that was worth compromising on Mm -hmm. and I think that's what it takes to win okay so leading into that we talked about Biden we talked about Harris how are you guys feeling about a Biden Harris ticket you know me I I would (laughs) love that I literally I've been texting all my friends that worked on the Harris campaign that's all you talk about. Yeah, I talk media. about it. I, if you follow me, if you, especially on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, like my page is probably full of nothing but Biden and Harris. But no, I would love that ticket. I think um, whoever Joe chooses, if he doesn't decide to go right and choose Kamala, it has to be a black woman. Um, like Obama said, women are the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was running for college Dems, I put that in my speech because it's the truth. Women, women are the future. It's time for men to not so much take a step back but to learn to listen to women because women, their opinions do matter. And it's our majority of the time, their opinions are better than the opinions that men are making. So I think that one, he needs a black woman on this ticket because you can't get anything better than a black woman. Aw, thanks. (laughs) But two, uh, I think Kamala Harris would be the great choice. She's similar from California, although California is not even a question of how California is swinging. We're definitely going to swing blue. I think that... uh, the momentum and the build that she brought in when she was running mm-hmm. and the way she gracefully bowed out, it will, no question of a doubt, build on Biden's, the the already energy and steam he's, he's building ahead. I think that will be the perfect ticket in my eyes. And I've already promised if, if it does happen, I'll drop out, not drop out. <laughs> That's the wrong word to use. I'll take a semester off of college to, to work on that campaign. Okay. So you have it here. On the podcast, Tyler Smith is saying he'll take a hiatus from college if Joe Biden announces Kamala Harris as his campaign partner. Exactly. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. (laughs) Okay, um, okay, question for both of you guys. I know your answer already, so. But if you could bring back any candidate to this day to run, who would it be? Obama. No, I'm just kidding. He I was honestly, right. I was he wasn't. He's not a choice. Um, yeah, you're talking about just the candidates in the race. He was talking about the candidates. Yeah, first let's talk about the candidates in the race, and then we can talk about if anyone could run, who would you want? I was just joking. I I knew I understood the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really a Beto supporter. Okay. Yeah. I really love him. We're, we're, so I love Beto to death. Like it's hard me and Beto me still to say like anything bad about him. Anything yeah. Beto does I still go to. Like his power by people I still help out with at like I posted Beto on campus so many times. I love Beto. Mm-hmm. The only, only, only policy that me and Beto probably disagreed on was taking away tax exemptions from churches. That I was, thought you were about to say taking away guns. <laughs> I was like, no, I believe in it. And, and when I say, well, I, I mean, no, I don't even want to get into policy right now. But with guns, how I feel about guns, I don't believe, I believe in the in the amendment. I believe that we have the right to bear arms. I yeah, believe same. in that, that full-fledged. Me too. But I don't believe that we have the rights to bear AR-15s walking down the middle of the street. Agreed. I just don't. Right. I don't Agreed. see. I don't see what you need an and AR. And that everyone does not yeah. need a gun. No, I don't. And think. everyone does not need a gun. That's what I'm saying. Now, and and me, I understand you need guns are used for protection. Mm-hmm. I, I've already said this. When I turn 21, I plan to put a handgun in my in my house for protection. Mm-hmm. 
but that doesn't mean that I'm going to misappropriate how I take care of my gun. My gun will stay in a lockbox, all of yes. this. And people don't know how to take care of guns. They don't know how to make sure guns are out of the, the hands of children. And if you don't know how to do that, you don't deserve the right to bear arms. I agree. Okay, you said. Okay, you didn't tell. Who do you think should oh, be? Of course, I believe Kamala Harris. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, for me, oh, let's see. I have to think back really far. Like, it's been a while. Honestly, I've this. I've gone through like a wave of like support. So from the jump, like during the summer, I was like, okay, Biden, no brainer. Like that's that a no brainer too. to me. Like, of course. And then going into it. And then his, like, lackluster debate performances. I'm like, ooh, okay, could this guy do it? And then I was, like, a, a closeted Kamala supporter, like I said. Yeah. Um, I really liked Castro for a hot moment as not necessarily the president the debate, pick. Yeah. yeah, not necessarily, like, a president pick, but VP. I think he would be, be a good VP as well for Biden if right. he decides to go for, like, a male minority. Um, but Castro's kind of, like, riding the Warren wave right now. So maybe if Warren drops out, like, who knows? Uh, but it would have to be those three. Oh, no, those two. I almost forgot about two. him. I did like I'm, him, too. I, I really liked him. Castro, any other day, would have been one of my top choices. Castro was a great guy. Like, and me, like one thing, um, I was talking to uh, someone at a Pete event that um, the TSU College Gym hosted the other day. She was saying, you know, Voting for someone on, on their policy stands is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I tend to like to meet the candidate. Like, I've probably met, met every single candidate in the race right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, voting for, like, the type of person that they are. Because, you know, we haven't had a good person in the White House in a long time, like, since Obama. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was telling me how when she met Pete, it was just, like, that feeling like this man is just so, like, he sympathizes with what I feel, and he, he's he's about the people. And, that's how I know, feel about Beto. And and that's that was not only I how I felt about Beto. He's very passionate. I felt personal. that about Beto. I really really felt that about Kamala. But I also had that same feeling. About <laughs> he's her. in love with her. Can you, <laughs> yeah, no, say, can you, you admit know? that? <laughs> I don't mean, I, I love Kamala. Yeah, like I, I I'm at Team Kamala. K high for life. K high. Did you make that up? Was that a real thing? Oh my god. Yeah, wow. I'm okay, I for life. But no, I, I really liked Castro. Any other day, I probably would have really supported him. Okay. Who have y'all been like completely against? Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, I liked him for like a whole five minutes. Like, no. like last week. Like, like it was entertaining <laughs> hearing him. I liked Bernie in 2016. When I was a, a high schooler, I wasn't really getting any college scholarships, and I was upset I couldn't go to my top choice. Mm-hmm. And he was offering free education, free college. I was. Well, that I sounds was, good. I was like, that sounds good. Like Great. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to college, and I actually started looking at policy, and I actually started looking at some of the things he's done, which is rename post offices. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started looking at how outrageous the things he's promising is, and how he's just literally building a base off of dreams that he can't fulfill. Yeah. I really was like, nah, I can't vote for this guy ever. One of the things that I'm really passionate about is getting young people out to vote. And so that's something that I admire from Bernie, that he's really passionate about getting young. And he's been pretty successful in it, too, college since voters. 2016, getting college voters, getting young Gen Z and young millennial voters like out and engaged in politics. So I commend him for that. But... At the same time, it's just like I don't think he's right at the moment, and I'm yeah, like, and I don't I'm think he's old, so like I don't think uh, I he will be early. right. Yeah, that, that's a big. But he's had Biden is old too. But, but Biden, Biden is the youngest person in the race, race right now. now. Yeah, Biden's the youngest person in the race right oh, now. Oh, that is true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that that goes to say something about well, our Biden's our the choices. Male. Biden's the youngest male. I think Warren is Warren older. Is, Warren is. She may be like seventy six. Like they're all old. They're all old yeah, as dirt. Like, they're all old and white. <laughs> but I like that. I wouldn't. I don't think I would want a younger. I, do I don't think that. I want like a thirty or so old something I like I like mean, Pete. So. But Probably Obama you was like, run at thirty. <laughs> but like Obama was in his forties, and I think that's a good age. Like Obama's perfect. 
He's not, but like I'm in love with him. Like, I say like I talk show. about I talk bad about Bernie like not have done any, doing anything in Congress. I mean, thirty years all he did was pass post offices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I talk bad about him on that because of the time and day that we're in now. Mm-hmm. We need someone that's gonna actually know how to get some things done to reverse all of the things that Donald Trump has done. Whereas Let's be honest. I love Obama to death. Uh, like, I prom- if Obama was running for president right now, no question, hands down, I would be campaigning for Obama. Mm-hmm. Obama is the greatest speaker I've ever heard. Like, Obama's the only. He makes people feel. He makes something. people feel something like that I've never seen before. Warm and fuzzy. But let's be honest. <laughs> when Obama ran, Obama didn't do anything while he was in the Senate. Obama didn't pass any bills. He was also only in the Senate for like, like four, four years. years. Though. Yeah, he didn't even serve. Not even four years. He didn't even serve a full term. Yeah, because he yeah ran. And then he also what what else was it about Obama? Obama also uh, one of my friends was telling me this. I don't know how true it is, so I don't really want to say I like believed it. Mm-hmm. But he was telling me that it was somewhere that Obama said he used to try to sit in the back during Senate meeting because he hated the Senate, like he just didn't want to be there. But I felt like it was Obama's time. And saying that back then, I would have probably been like, oh, he didn't really do anything. But look at what he accomplished as president. Like, mm-hmm. He fixed a lot of I think it's easy for people our age and, like, around our age to, like, look up to Obama so much and, like, be mesmerized by him because he was our president through, like, our young years. Like, True. elementary we school and bills. high school. We weren't yeah, taxes. we didn't have to. I was... In fourth grade when Obama exactly. was elected, we didn't have to pay attention to policy. I was in eighth grade when he was reelected. I had no clue what taxes and policy or anything like that. I just saw That's a person true. that looked like me in the White House, and I was like, I that guy is so cool. And unproblematic. Unproblematic, no affairs, no extramarital children, no exactly sexual right. assault claims. Like, the only scandal he had was Keep wearing going. a tan suit. <laughs> exactly. A tan suit. Like. <laughs> no, he had another one. He took his wife to a date night outside of New York, like, those were his only two scandals, and that's what I loved about the Obamas. Like they were, and I think that's why people are like bashing Trump so bad, because I say like it's like you went from the presidential class, you went from Obama to like Donald Trump. Like, but I hate Obama has to be perfect though. You know, if he would have slipped right. up one, one time, time if, can't let those in the White House if, again. If, if Obama would have done again. one thing that Donald Trump has done, we would Joe Biden would have been president already. Like that's how Impeached. how how bad it is in the country. You know, people try to say act like America's changed. America's not changed. Like America's. There's still the generation that was here during the civil rights era that were like involved in segregation. They are still alive. They're exactly. still voting. Like, like and they're really know. the people going mm-hmm. out there to vote. To vote. <laughs> yes, older people, people don't even know this though. Like, if you want to be honest, like me and my uncle was talking about this, our parents are literally probably the first people that was born, like, first group of African-Americans that were really born with the right to vote. Like, our parents. And my, my mom is, like, 40. She's, like, 40-something. Yeah. My mom was born... My dad, he's a little older, so he... Mm. But my mom was born in 1967, so MLK was assassinated in 68. So exactly. that shows perspective, like... It, it not, hasn't been that long. Been that long. Yeah. And and that's the thing I hate. They try to push it we're off just getting it's been started. so young. Yeah, like we're <laughs> yes. just starting to get changed. Like, America is... This is probably... And, and look, we had Charleston. So you can't even say this was like our first full decade without exactly. uh, like real big anti-black like rallies or yeah. race crimes and stuff like that. Because look at Charleston. Like, Charleston was horrible. And and like Joe said earlier, the president we have in the White House today said there were good people on both sides. Yeah, so the I, church I, shooting. That was in... Yeah. That was Charlotte. 2000. That was in Charlotte, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, people, I feel like people get so, sen- I think it's, I don't want to, like, generalize, but I think white people get a little sensitive when black people talk about race, and they try to say, like, it doesn't have to always be about race. Why do you always have to bring up race? I think they because it is. they can't say anything. Yes, and you don't, you, like, I feel like we, I did this identity, um, like, quiz or mm-hmm. an identity project where it was like, what do I think about on a constant basis about my identity and it's being a black woman and I feel like it's because those are my two minorities for like things that I identify with that are part of the majority like I'm Christian I never really think twice about being Christian because majority of the world is Christian and so with white people it's like they never have to think about race because they're in the majority you can't just walk in a room and like 
Like, what voice am I going to have to use? Am I going to have to code yes. switch here? Am I going to have to... How am I going to wear my hair? And like, right. What, what, what white people don't understand, you know, I have a lot of white friends. I mean, and that's why... Me as well. I go to a PWI. Yeah, that's white people's biggest, like, combat to why they're not racist. I have black friends, but... Yeah. I, I have some my white cousin, friends. My cousin, sisters, baby mamas, daddies. Is nephew black. is black. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a lot of friends that's white. And one thing that I, I commend a lot of my white friends on are, like, they identify the the upper hand that they have in life. Like one thing, they white people don't. Yeah, they understand. Yes, yeah, so you have to be around. Be an ally. Yeah, be an ally. ally be. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily be woke. Just like woke ish. Just understand. Yeah. Like just understand or try to understand. Barriers, like, cause there's yeah, there's different levels to like. I don't expect white people that you're not gonna know how it feels to be black at yeah. the end of the day. But the fact that you're trying. The fact that you are understanding that I have something that you don't have is, right. yeah, I feel like it's a step. Did you all see the speech that Rihanna did, how she was saying? I did. Like, I really loved what she said. I, how She was explaining how like us being divided isn't doing anything, but us coming together, like white people understanding their privilege and using mm-hmm. their privilege to help us, us coming together with them, mm-hmm. coming in together and it was mostly make stuff work. I think it was mostly about like black people holding their white friends accountable mm-hmm. like because there's sometimes like you know you don't really feel I'm guilty of this too like I've been on dance team my entire life majority white dance teams and sometimes like I have been in situations where we're in the car singing a song and like they say the n-word and like I kind of don't yeah I don't want to like, change it the up. mood <laughs> exactly I don't want to change the mood I don't always want to give somebody a history lesson like, I always don't want to be that person that has to school them on, like, why this is not okay. And so right. I just, like, And it's, it's not exhausting. fair because they're just enjoying their time, and then you have to feel hurt. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to bring that, quote, negative, negative energy. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so, why yeah. I was like, quote, and I was like, they can't hear me going. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I agree, like, I mean, and that's why sometimes, but one thing I also agree on is that one of our biggest problems as a race is that we're so divided in ourselves that we don't really know what we want. Sure. Like, I ask a lot of my friends on Facebook, a lot of people try to, oh, no candidate supports a black agenda, no candidate knows what the black agenda is. My vote but let's matter. be honest, I don't, I mean, let's be honest. What is the black there agenda? Is like, no there is no one black agenda. No one black agenda. Because you have one group of blacks, you have another group of blacks. Yeah, you have suburban, you have um, like lower income, you have educated, you have less educated. Like there's, I was Foreign listening people. to, yes, they're not all black people are African American. Like you have people from Africa, from the Caribbean. I was listening to an Angela Rye podcast this morning talking about how we're not like a monolithic vote. Like, we yeah. do not, like, one black person does not speak for all black, black people. people. For example, all. like those My black, black friend people, lets me say this word. Why like can't, those, we're I'm not, not that friend. I'm like not that friend. Like those so-called black people who went to the White House the other day and said Donald Trump was our first black president. That where? was, that was on your nerves. Okay, like, I heard about that, but I didn't even want to click on it because I just know and it was, that was foolish. Me. I watched so, three seconds and I was like, so whatever. Me, I so I seen the pictures. So I seen, like, so Mark Lamont Hill posted it on his page, but he didn't post a video. He just posted the picture of them praying over him. And I was like, you know, I'm not even going to say anything about this because, you know, they probably can be praying, like, to take the demon out of him, the hate out of him. They could have been praying. <laughs> you know, you never know what they're praying. Like, mm-hmm. their prayer is their prayer. And I believe that God God didn't judge Exorcism. anybody. <laughs> yeah, God didn't judge anybody. God believed everybody was his kids. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I have nothing against him on that. Like, I'm not, no judgment on them on that. Until I seen the video come out when the guy was like, you know, it's Black History Month. Donald Trump, you're the first black president. Where? What if? What? What has like, Donald why? Trump like, done what? for the, for Black America? That so now they have shirts. Donald Trump, the first. Exactly. That's why I didn't even want to give attention to it because it's obviously someone trying to get attention, someone trying to be a troll. Because wait, wait, it, it's angry. Black it was woman. A, yeah, it was a little funny when people said it about Bill Clinton because we didn't actually have a black president yet. But come on now. But then you also got to go back into what Bill Clinton did for, like, Bill Clinton, I I know a lot of older black people who still, like, will say, like, Bill Clinton was our first black president, because Mm -hmm. Bill Clinton grew up, like, Bill Clinton. I know a lot of people that love Bill Clinton now, don't get me wrong, 
the the crime bill and all that stuff was uh, a very sketchy moment in this history. Yes, everybody but, has. Their yeah, moment. but like I said earlier, everybody has their moments. But Bill Clinton literally grew up around black people. Like mm-hmm. Bill Clinton was like one of the first presidents to actually sympathize with African Americans. You know, I, I might get judged. He's for invited this. to the barbecue. <laughs> yeah, I might get judged for this, but I mean. I'm not going to say there were great intentions in the plan. I think the crime bill was very, very bad. Mm-hmm. I do not agree with the crime bill at all. But I can say that, you know, he probably went into creating the crime bill with some sort of intentions to make African-American communities better, which, I mean, it did not do that at all. But, I mean, Bill Clinton, in the, overall, in my eyes, was a great president. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to say he was the first black president because we got Barack Obama. But, mm-hmm. you know, he was he was a very great ally to black America. Okay. So, going on, I don't know how we even got on that topic. I but don't either. It was a great one. Because the last question was, uh, if you could bring back any candidate, who would it be? <laughs> but, um, so, moving on. So, Tyler, you are, so you have, you wear many hats. That's what I like to say. One of your hats is your entrepreneur. So, tell us a little bit more about your entrepreneurial work. So, uh, when I was coming up uh, last year, uh, a lot of the city council races were going on. My mentor ran for city council, although not successful. She ran a great race, uh, Carla Braley. And uh, I did a lot of work on her campaign. I got to pretty much meet everybody in Houston that you could possibly meet. And a lot of people just start asking, hey, can you do this for my campaign? Hey, I need this amount of students for my campaign. Hey, can you help me with this? Hey, can you help me with that? And, you know, I was looking for a way to make business, I mean, make business, but not only make business, but make money uh, as a college student. Cause, you know, you put a lot of time, you put into a lot that. of time. Yeah, <laughs> I put a lot of time in the politics. Why not make any money off it? Exactly. And um, I started my own political consulting firm. I mean, and, you know, I get criticized about it. A lot of people talk about me behind my back. I mean, I'm. I'm familiar with it. I I know it comes with the game. A lot of people talk bad to me about a lot of candidates. Uh, But one thing I know is, I mean, you check my resume, you can check yours. And at the age of 20, my resume, if not the same, maybe even larger than yours at the age of 20. So, you know, I like to, um, and I don't brag on myself a lot, but, you know, I built my resume and I felt like I made a a name for myself. I've worked with a, a bunch of candidates in Houston all of one, Edward Pollard, Abby Kamen. I'm not saying that I was the reason that they did win, but, you know, I've worked with them and they've all won. So, I mean, I get to say I have a winning record. Um, so, I mean, I, I love what I do. Um, now in my business, uh, we're moving not out of political consulting, so we're still going to do campaigns, a little bit of work with campaigns, but we're moving more into government relations side. Uh, my business partner, he used to work for BP. Mm-hmm. in their government relations department. So we're trying to move more into that sector, doing more government relations work, public relations work, because, you know, like I said, I got bills to pay. And, exactly, we all And do. I want to make a little bit of money before I go into my the career I really want. Okay. A couple more questions. So what got both of you guys, like, into the fields that you're in? So not necessarily just politics, but what got you interested in, like, here? What got you here today? Trevor, you want to go first, Amaya? I know I've been talking a lot, so I'll let you That's why I just said we hear his I'm just wondering if I want to share, like, what it is, because I don't know if it sounds cliche. No, go ahead. Or... About to say Obama? Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) Oh, no. No. It was the Trayvon Martin incident. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. When that happened, that was a long... I don't remember how many years ago. It was like 2012. I believe I was in middle school at that time. Mm-hmm. Not fabricating the story at all. Not adding drama. I literally... Like, even after the incident, obviously I was sad about it. That was like a huge sad loss for the black community and everyone who was affected by it. But I remember, like, breaking down, like, sobbing to my mom in her bed, telling her, like why is this stuff happening? Like, why is things like this allowed? Why is this happening to our people? Like, he didn't do anything. And that's, like, when I asked her, I was like, what can I do to help? Because mm-hmm. I genuinely wanted to help people, and she explained to me that I needed to work in politics. If you want to see change, you need to be a part of that change. And that 
that's why I'm in this field. I'm glad you shared that. Like I didn't know if I wanted to share. I didn't want to sound too like. No, that wasn't even me said. That was really like that was one of the first times I've heard that story. Really, like my mom remembers that day to this like day. Like I was literally sobbing in my bed. Like I want to do something. Like I have to. I have to help. Mm-hmm. And since that day, like, that's what I've been on. Your story, my story sounds like 10 times more. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, me, for me, so, like I said, I got involved in politics. Uh, senior high school, Donald Trump just won election. Charlotte, Charlotte just happened. The shooting happened in Charlotte. Uh, the racist riots in Charleston. And I was just like, this is not happening. This is, what, 2016, and we're still having these same problems that we were having in the 1950s, 1960s. Um, that really sparked me to get involved in politics. And um, in high school, I had a, a history teacher. He was, like, super big in politics. He ran for city council in Gardena. I mean, not in Gardena, in Redondo. That's actually council, really Gardena. cool to have a teacher like that. Yeah, so he, um, like every single week, like he would bring a new person to class running for office. So he brought uh, one of my frat brothers now, Mike Gibson, who I still stay in contact with to this day. Uh, he brought a, even Republicans. He brought David Hadley, who was a state assemblyman in the district that I went to school in. And, you know, I just talking to them and seeing what they did on an everyday basis really like excited me and intrigued me. And then I um, was getting ready to graduate high school. And I was awarded a civic engagement award from the assemblyman's office. And, and that was like, wow. Like, I mean, and I didn't even feel like I was really doing that much in my community. Just, you know, helping my, my teacher with his campaign. I was, you know, doing a little bit of work in, the, in my community. But for him to have honored me with that, it really, like, sparked my interest and made me see, like, maybe politics is something I can do. And... I still was, I was interested in politics after that, but that wasn't like my main focus. Like most people don't even know this. When I came to TSU, I wasn't even a poli-sci major. I was a marketing major. I came to TSU as a marketing major. And I I just started meeting people out here. And I got like really, really interested in politics. Uh, Then I went home for a summer. I know my story is like extremely long. But I went home for the summer and I worked with uh, Mayor Garcetti in his office. And, you know, working on homelessness, like on the Homelessness Initiative, the Bridge Home Initiative in Los Angeles was probably like one of the biggest things that got me involved in politics. Uh, you know, like homelessness is something I very, very sympathize with, although I've never been homeless. I have family members that's homeless. And, you know, what most people like to think of homelessness is that homelessness is just something like you had a job, you got fired or you was on drugs and now you don't have any money and you live on the streets. That's not true. A lot of people that's homeless literally have mental illnesses and they have problems that just hinder them and keep them They want to be outside. Like like working in a mayor's office, I was like, we had, we were building bridge home sites and we were literally coming across people who was like, nah, I'm good. I'll stay on the street. Like, I'd rather be on the street than be in in an apartment. And and we faced that problem. and, And that was one of the things that really incited me about politics and wanted me to get more involved with policy and making sure we get great candidates elected because mental health is something that's very very detrimental to a lot of people in the united states as well as homelessness you know you're not like being from los angeles that's all you see is homelessness so those were two things policy wise that really got to me and really made me like get even more involved in politics and then i came back home well what i consider home now to houston and i met a man by the name of beto uh, we held a rally for him. Uh, one of my friends held an event for him here at TSU, a town hall. And like before meeting Kamala, I can say that Beto was probably the most personable guy I've ever met. I remember you did a speech met. there. Yeah, like Beto was probably, no, that was before that one, actually. Before that one? Yeah, that was before that one. Beto was like probably the most personal guy I've ever met in my life. Like Beto was just like, he sympathized with literally everybody, like, and you know most candidates, genuine. most candidates like when you when you talk to them, they listen to to react. Like Beto was actually there listening to understand, mm-hmm. and that was like, dang, this like he he's really serious about what he's doing. So um, that happened, and I joined his campaign. That was actually my first ever campaign. 
I was a student lead here at Texas Southern, so I worked with all of the field organizers, uh, coordinating events, coordinating block walks around the campus and in the surrounding areas, and like the rest was history. Like I just took off from there. I held a rally from here, and we had two thousand people come. After that, Kamala Harris announced her presidency in, in Oakland, and she called us to come back here, come to TSU because most people don't know this. We were like her third spot her third stop on her campaign. Mm-hmm. She came to TSU. We hosted her. I brought out 5,000 people. After that, Beto called me and was like, hey, man, I'm trying to come back to TSU. We hosted Beto. We brought 10,000 people. That was huge. Yeah, we brought... I said that when we were at the um, Biden thing. I said, you remember... Yeah, um, I remember you I was that. like, it... There was so many people. Like, it couldn't even be indoors. It, yeah, it was so many people. And, and that just showed me, like, you know, people are, are serious about politics. And it really, really intrigued me to, to be more involved in politics. And then the rest is really history. I mean, I've been doing... I know, y'all are both since. just 20 years old. So, like, it, it's yeah, and only I get up from here, literally. I get that's like, I don't know, like, it makes me feel, like, kind of good on the inside. Like, I don't like bragging about myself at all. But, like, I would be talking to someone, and they ask me what I do, and I tell them all of this. And they'd they be like, oh, you're, like, what, 26, 27? I'd be like, no, I'm 20. And really, I just turned 20. Most people don't even know that. Turned nine, I was 19 for the longest while I was doing majority of stuff. That I know I you hated the teen telling yeah, people. Yeah, I was 19. I'm 19. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest with you, I get, like, I get so upset about my age being so – I mean, I love being so young. I love it to death. But, like, certain places, like, you tell people you're 20, they go, okay, well, talk to you later. Exactly. And, they kind of just, like, oh, cute. You. Yeah, uh-huh, <laughs> like, that's so cute. Yeah, like, like wow. Look at her. But little do you know, I'm Pinch doing your all cheeks. this. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grown. Exactly. And, and that's one thing, like, I love about our generation of people. Like, our generation, we are so, like, headstrong about getting after what we want to do. Like, why wait? Like, a lot of people, especially in politics, I don't like the, the when people say, you should wait your turn or wait your time. Exactly. If, right. That's why I'm no always one, saying, I wish I could do more because I have so much time. Like, there's always more you no can do. No one knows your time. Like, you're the only person that knows when it's your time. And that's one thing I've, I've always told myself. Like, and me, I, I definitely, I want to run for office one day in my life. That's definitely down the line. But I also know when it's my time to run, and I know when it's not my time to run. Like, I could have easily ran for city council if I wanted to. All you got to do is go and file the papers. But I knew it wasn't my time. So I am I know that I get the sense of waiting your time in, in that aspect, but I don't believe in letting someone tell you when it's your time. And I don't believe that you have to be 35 years old to say it's finally my time to run for office. Whenever God puts it into you or whenever you see the people able to back you to run for office at a young age, then you go do it. Like, I, for example, I got three friends who are, I have one that's younger than me that's an elected official, uh, Kaylin Haywood up in uh, Milwaukee. He's a state rep. He's the youngest elected official mm-hmm. in, in the U.S. Uh, Timothy Ragland, the mayor of Talladega. Like, young people are doing the thing and they're doing it well, so... I definitely encourage young people interested in running for office. If you believe it's your time, if you believe you're ready, you have policies that you believe that needs to bring brought uh, to the forefront of your community, you should definitely do it. Nice. Okay, last question. Make it good. Okay. So what is next? So for Tyler Smith, for Amaya St. Romain, like what is next on your journey in life? Like what is your next step in your plan for me i'm still trying to plan it because that's still, okay right like i'm so nervous sometimes especially in politics people are always like what's next yeah like what are you gonna do i'm still a student to be honest you can be I'm content still with where working. you are i'm still trying to figure out what's next i'm trying to figure out what i'm gonna do this summer to get me ahead because even though i need to focus on school I need to work my little part-time job to make some money. I still need to focus on my future, not just right now. Because mm-hmm. school is right now. Trying to pay my bills is right now. I still need to focus on what's going to get me ahead of time. Like how you always talk about, maybe I should take a break because there's so much going on right now that you could get involved in. Mm-hmm. So hopefully mm-hmm. with my little break during the summer, I get involved in an internship. Yeah, I've been trying to get both of y'all to come join me in D.C. Yes. Right, we were talking about, I was like, oh, yeah, I might do an internship in the summertime if, like, I get chosen. She was like, yeah, me too. I'm like, 
did Tyler say it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's what, okay, so, but no, but I was thank telling you, her, Tyler, you do, yes, I was friend. telling her that, like, Tyler's always, I, like, on it. If you would have become president of the United States, I would not doubt that you would forget about any one of us because you're mm-hmm. always, like, oh, trying to well, connect you guys your be right friends. You'd be like, hey, there's an opening. <laughs> yes, like, you were, the, Tyler is the plug. The he plug. will hook you up. Like, he literally texts me, like, Friday or Saturday, like, hey, Biden's coming to town. Send me your email. I'll put you on the VIP list. Boom. I'm here. Like, <laughs> like, debate. Yes, the debate. I don't know how you made that happen. But he finesses <laughs> everything. Like, he's the plug. Yeah. One thing <laughs> One thing that about me is, like, you know, one, I don't like being by myself ever. I hate being by myself. So that's the one reason I'm always invite you guys everywhere I go. But two, I mean, I, I feel like... Entourage. I know. Oh, we're just <laughs> I don't. I don't believe in, like... I don't believe in, like, getting all of these great connections and not, like, helping everybody else benefit from them. Like, if I can go to an event, but they also have room for three extra people, why not invite my friends that I know that are very eager and, uh, like, they have the same passion for this stuff as me, Uh you know? And, you know, we would, anytime, if we got an opportunity, we would help you out, too. Like, I still have so much to learn, especially, like, even though we're the same age, I still have so much more to learn than, like, where you're at, but, like... Obviously, when I get up to a bigger level, I would obviously help you out. Like, mm-hmm. it's you got to help everyone out. And I feel like a lot what of people... black people really need to do. Yeah. Exactly. I feel really like a lot of black do. people especially <laughs> don't do that because they feel as if there's only room for, like, one black person. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, they're going to only hire one minority, so I'm not going to introduce them to this other person because they might hire them over and me. Like, it's not a competition. It doesn't like, have to be one black person in the room It doesn't. The time. They can hire us all. Like, all exactly. three of us. Exactly, and you know that's how I've always felt. Like I put my friends onto anything, especially if I know where you're trying to get, and I know someone that's already there. I don't mind. Like I know people hate giving other people giving out their phone numbers. I hate when people give my phone numbers out. But I mean, majority of my connections, I make sure they know. Like, hey, I have people that do this, and you would be great to connect. Like my friend that was at a, at the event with earlier, Hannah. Like. Hannah is dope at doing that as well. Like, Hannah, if, if she has an event that's, like, super big, she'll invite me just as I'll invite her out. Or if she needs somebody to come do this, something, I know I'll go do it because if I needed somebody to come help me with an event, I know she's going to be right there first and able to help me My volunteer. people that show up. Yeah. Not yeah, just, yeah. like, that sounds good, don't hit you up. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Thank yeah, you. Like, I have I have people, and, yeah, and that's up. one thing I learned. A lot of people try to take your kindness for weakness, mm-hmm. or they think. And one thing I also learned was people. You got to learn that the opportunity is not going to always be there, and that's why I feel like I've been able to. I don't even feel like I've succeeded in life at all. I think I'm still growing, and I still have a lot of things coming. But I think that I, that's why I was able to get to where I'm at to this day, is because I learned fast when I got to college like every opportunity is not going to be on the table every single time like soon as you can't just come back to every single opportunity mm-hmm. and and I think once I learned that and I just learned to take a take take a what am I, what's the word I'm looking for you got to grab the opportunity while it's there because it's not always going to be there and once I've learned that I felt like that was like not really started booming were you ever shy at one point oh I'm still shy I'm like so no, okay, too. no, today, like, when people were walking past, Tyler was like, tap them and tell them to, like, he knew them. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, tap them for them. I'm like, Tyler, they're going to turn around and be like, who's this little girl tapping me? I'm like, I, he wanted me to be, tap Sheila yeah, Jackson sometimes Lee. Like, that's definitely difficult like, no. in this field, like, people who are, like, introverted. And a lot of times, like, I go to, sometimes I you go to days, to I don't even want to talk. Like, I remember when people met me the day of the Democrat debate. They're thinking I was kind of funny acting, like I just didn't want to speak that day, and that's where I should have been speaking. Yeah, like me, you have to speak. So, most people think like I'm just like this most outgoing person. Like I love to talk, mm-hmm. and I mean, once you guys listen to this podcast, I gotta know. I love to talk. <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> but, two parts because we, we well, how long we about we yeah, almost an hour. That's a yeah. good length podcast, but my um, I love to talk. So I I say I'm very shy. I am like extremely shy, and I get extremely nervous. Like, talking in front of people is probably my biggest fear, and most people don't know it. But you're good at it. And I I don't think so, though. Like, a lot of people tell That's me I'm, I'm, I'm really... I'm like the opposite. I like talking, like, in front of a crowd... But, like, talking to someone one-on-one is where I'm, like, a little bit more, And like, that's reserved. where I'm the best at. I'm the best at, like, talking to someone one-on-one. But I feel like when We're I get on the stage... Ourselves. I get on stage, like, for example, the Bi- the Beto event, I did horrible. Like, 
I was mispronouncing people's names. Like, people that I, like, know personally, I was mispronouncing their names. Like, I get, I'm not going to lie, I, I gained a Brain lot of stage fright. But but one thing I've learned and I've gotten better was Beto's, the Beto event with 10,000 people really, it helped me Th- with my that speaking. That would have got me. Because it was like, it, it was like, I was like, you know, if I can do this, I can do anything. Like, mm-hmm. if I was able to speak in front of 10,000 right. people, I can easily speak in front of 500. Like, mm-hmm. like for example, right. I, we hosted an event the other day with Pete. Mm-hmm. And it was like 50 people in the room. And I was You're just. like, oh, nothing. People was like, oh, you just speak so well. I was like, oh, this is nothing to me. Like. And, and that's one thing I liked, uh, I, why I said earlier, like, taking a hold and grabbing the opportunity while I was there. Because, you know, my stage fright and my scared, my, like, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm super scared to speak in front of a lot of people. And me having that fear, I could have easily told Beto's team, like, hey, you know, thanks for the opportunity, but nah, mm-hmm. I just, I can't do that because right. I'm and scared. In this field, you got to, if you don't know what you're talking about, like that's your credentials, I that's why nervous. I get scared because I'm like I'm in this room full of people and I that feel like experts. sometimes I'm not up to par to them. I'd be like I don't even want to speak because I don't want to say anything stupid. You know, I feel that way a lot too. I feel that way a lot too in politics, but yeah. at the same time, I feel like you know everyone doesn't have the answers. And then again, I'm young. Yes, and then and you're people young. understand. Yeah. Like right. I take that as like a learning situation. Right. Like, and you know then, something that I don't teach me more about it. And that's one right. reason that I ask a lot of questions and mm-hmm. sometimes people take my questions as me trying to like especially on Facebook. Especially when it comes to Bernie. Like I ask everyone that I know, every Bernie supporter def- every <laughs> Bernie right. supporter I ask I mean I get defensive at the Yes, end, of course, you knew I was trying to say but but I ask every I've single Bernie supporter like why do you support him? And and what is he going to do? Not because I like I'm anti Bernie. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys I'm anti Bernie. I'm not. I think Bernie's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his policies that he's producing is something that's that's needed mm-hmm. down the line. Uh, me and him disagree on a lot of policy standpoints at the same time, though. But that doesn't mean I, I don't like the man as a person. I think he's a great person. I think uh, in 2016 when he ran, I was going to actually vote for Biden if I could have voted. I mean for uh, Bernie. If I could have voted uh, during that election, really? Yeah, I was. I was really going to vote. I for turned. Over I there. turned eighteen like two weeks before I voted for Clinton, really? of course. But like, I was a a really big. Hillary yeah, and fan. like I said earlier, I was really big on like, man, I'm going to college. I really wanted to go to Howard, mm-hmm. but I can't go to Howard because I can't afford it. We need free college, oh, yeah. Yeah, and that was me. And and I and I can see how he he I see how he pulls in people. You know, he pulls in people because. People are tired of having all of these burdens on them. But at the same time, I believe that we don't need to move. It, we can't go from zero to 100 in these senses. Because when you go from zero to 100, you have problems like the crime bill. The crime bill went from zero to 100. It went from a mandatory three strike, uh, uh, three strikes, that's life. Like that, that was zero to 100. And I don't think that we should be going zero to 100 on policy. I think we need to go zero to 60. And when zero to 60 works or zero to 60 doesn't work, we take a look back at it and we go from 60 to 100 or we can go from 60 to 40. And that's what I think that we need to do. I like that. Yeah. That was a good way to end us off. Um, Y'all can go ahead and give y'all a little shameless plug. You know, throw your social media out there. Tell them to follow you. I don't even know my social media. Let me, I'm going to tell y'all. What, Tyler? So my my Facebook, I, that's what I'm. Don't nobody like watch your old Facebook. Man. I'm an old man. Yeah. <laughs> you say your Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, yes, your Instagram, and, and the Twitter, real Tyler Smith. Even though he's that's gonna, it. Yeah, and then the other one's like the real TJ. How do we know you're? Yeah. Oh wait, we're not know. supposed to share that one. It's yeah, the real Tyler phone. Smith. You didn't hear? No, that. no, I don't have a. Y'all can follow me on anything. <laughs> so, Instagram is real Tyler J Smith, and then my Twitter is underscore real Tyler J Smith. So. No, it's underscore the real T Smith. So y'all can follow me on social media. T E E. T H E, real T Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So y'all got it. He said it. I'll put it on the screen somewhere. Amaya. My Instagram is Amaya Saint Romain. A M A Y A S T R O M A I N. And Twitter is private. (laughs) I want to break this news on your story. So word just announced. Beto's going to go to Dallas tonight to endorse Joe Biden. Everybody's endorsing Biden. That's why... Let's drive I'm to so, Dallas right mm, now. Mm-mm. I got class tomorrow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I'm glad. Like, I trusted my gut feeling. I voted on Friday. Today, we're filming this on the day before Super Tuesday. I early voted on Friday. And just in my gut, 
Like, I was, the whole week, I was, like, debating. Like, I was, like, I know I'm going to early vote on Friday. I still don't know who I want to vote for. And I got in front of the polling station. I was, like, I'm going to vote for Biden. And look, look how things are working in. Working in your favor. And yes, and <laughs> in our favor. Um, but that is all for this episode, guys. I really enjoyed talking to y'all. This was no, this it. Was it was really just, like, a normal conversation, <laughs> like, That is it for today's podcast, guys. If you really enjoyed this, be sure to share it and like it, all the above. If you want to see what I'm up to on my day-to-day life as a social advocating 21-year-old college student, then you can connect with me on my Instagram and Twitter. It's always linked in the section description section. And you can check out my website at jordanjohnsonmedia.com. I'm your host, Jordan Johnson, and until next time, recognize that the power is in our hands. Now it's up to us to choose what we'll do with that power.